There we go. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the season, to our first episode of season two of the Last Gift Podcast. I am I am Flash. The person right next to me on the left is Ace, and b- below me is our favorite Gators fan, Steven. Say hi, Steven. Hey, Homeless Gators fan. I know, I know, I, I know, I know. Our Gators fans is a little bit happier this week than the last time we saw him, so we'll get to hear from him. And Ace, well. Ace has some moments going on with him going on with his NFL team. We'll talk. Oh, my that. NFL team. At least my NFL team has a reason NFL for losing. <clears throat> Seabirds. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the Seabirds, too. Don't worry. I'll have my say on the Seabirds. So we and have a coachless and injured list. And, uh, we do have a special edition of this episode tonight. It is rival week of college football, so we want to cover – we want to focus on that – Towards the end of this episode, more so we dropped the NHL MLB section just for just for rival week. So we hope you enjoy this episode and hit it. Oh yeah, be a friend, tell a friend. Oh boy, he ain't even nobody else talk. Wow, I guess we forgot all our progress from last season. Be a friend, tell a friend. Make sure we had a Jay Peeps is going to be doing running gun with me tomorrow eight, and he'll do probably the preview for the FAMU. Oh, yeah. Congrats to FAMU for making it to the FCS playoffs. That least they're the best team in Florida right now, so congrats to them. We will do that game probably sometime before the game starts, whenever that is. So, yes, um, be a friend, tell a friend. Thank you for the 100 subscribers we hit while we were in inter- hiatus, I should say. And then we have – we're not doing NHL this week, so it's going to be because it's how Flash already said. It is special edition of the last give. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hit it. Any slacking. Right, He's I'm slacking. Gonna, I'm gonna give him oh, 10 well. seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, What a way to start. Six, this man ain't even paying attention. Five, four, three. Nah, he ain't doing it. Two, oh well, let's keep bullshitting one. ourselves. All right, let's, hit, let's hit it. Let's just start into it, all right? Let's just get into it. NFL, Monday Night Recap. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers has dominated another team on their schedule, as we know, as the New York Giants. Monday night football recap. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just doing what they usually do and roll over a whole nother, another team, as we know, the New York Giants. Danny Dimes does not look like Danny Dimes. Tampa Bay Buccaneers took care of him, and the Buccaneers offense keep going along, as we see with Tom Brady and Chris Godwin. Ace, any takes on that game? Um, the Giants are trash. Goodbye, Jason Garrett. You got yourself fired. I mean, it's not much of an upgrade because you got Freddie Kitchens, who was garbage as a head coach for the Browns. If y'all remember those days, 
So, I mean, the Giants are a, uh, Giants are a dump right now. I'm surprised Dave Gettleman hasn't got fired, but whatever. A Giants, a Giants need to go clean house, man. It's just Daniel crazy. Jones ain't it. Well, I, I don't know. I don't want to bash Daniel Jones for having terrible coaches. Did you see that throw he did? Like, what the hell was he thinking? He threw it right to Steve McClendon in his stomach. Literally. I mean... I don't know if Steve McClendon was in a Giants summit or a Bucks summit because he was throwing that like that was the most accurate pass he threw the entire night. Dead serious. That was the most accurate pass he threw right into the gut of Steve McClendon. Couldn't hit anybody else for his life, but he could hit oh. that one. So, I mean. Jeez, that one pass is one pass. How <laughs> right. do we feel about the Bucks? I mean, looking at the rest of their schedule, you know, are they just going to – sleepwalk through the nfc south oh yeah yeah i mean yes it's gonna be the bucks and the panthers at this rate because i got no faith in the saints right now the saints are done they're they're so crippled it's beyond like life support is not gonna it's not gonna carry on he might cause more fumbles well not not even taste the mill they're just so so depleted every week it's a different start of getting hurt this week's already lost their starting tight end for the rest of for essentially the rest of the season because there's only seven games left. So once he has a good game, he's done because Trevor Simeon throws a jump ball because he's trash last week, but we won't get into that until later. So, yeah, before I go on my rant. Yeah, we'll talk about the Saints a little bit later. Um, Cam Newell right. carried the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the, the whole playoff situations and what to expect. As of right now, let, let's, let's get down with our business, all right? Actually, what? let's talk about the Saints. Oh, great. Yeah. Epic rant alert. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right, guys. So, you guys want to hear the starting lineup from last season compared to this season? So, at quarterback, you had, like, Drew Brees. Mike, you had Michael Thomas. You had Alvin Kamara. You had Emmanuel Sanders. You had Jared Cook. Uh, on the offensive line, you had Teron Armstead. Yeah, I hate him. But hear me out, right? Yeah, Teron Armstead, Anders Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and Ryan Ramchek was your offensive line, right? I just gave you the entire starting uh, Saints team from against the Bucks in the playoffs. Last week, against the Eagles, starting quarterback was Trevor Simeon. He was a four-string quarterback on the roster in the playoffs. Uh, Mark Ingram wasn't even on the team last week. He's going to most likely be out to, for the Thanksgiving game. So Tony Jones Jr., who was your four-string running back, is now your starter for Thanksgiving, Thursday night football. At wide receiver, you have Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris. Both of them were wide receiver four and six, four and five on the team in the playoffs. And then at tight end, you had Adam uh, Jared Cook. Now it's Adam Trout. Well, he's actually hurt. So Jawan Johnson and Nick Vanette were your tight ends. Not Well, Jawan Johnson wasn't even a tight end last year. He was a wide receiver on the practice squad. So that doesn't even count. And Nick Vanette was a blocking tight end for the – Broncos last year, and he had got, came off a serious injury. At starting on the offensive line, you have James Hurst, who was your backup left guard, is starting your left tackle. At left guard, you have Calvin Throckmorton, who is an undrafted free agent out of Oregon. At center, you still have Eric McCoy, who is the only starting uh, offensive lineman, because I don't even count Cesar Ruiz as a starting offensive lineman, because he's trash, and he can't even block anybody on Twitter properly. And at right tackle, <laughs> and at right tackle, right right tackle, you had Landon Young, who was your sixth round pick this year out of Kentucky, who started for you 
last week. He's out for the year now with a broken foot. So just tell me how, how this team is just like, they're literally worse than the guy from SpongeBob the Fish who was wrapped up after like getting hit by um, SpongeBob and Patrick. That is literally worse than what the Saints are right now. Oh, the Saints are worse than that right now on offense. And yeah, it is bad. I, I'm just going to say this about the Saints. Look, look forward to next year. You'll have Jameis back healthy. Yep. Yeah, Michael Thomas back. You'll have a whole bunch of guys back, and you can probably make some moves in the in the offseason or in the draft. <laughs> at least the Saints got some first round picks, unlike the Seahawks. Seahawks, yeah. on the other hand, they're gonna go. They, they look. They're gonna go draft an offensive tackle out of some no name school, and um, yeah, pretty much, yeah. So I, I do want to ask Ace a question. I mean, do oh, you great. think do you think Jameis Winston? is the long-term solution at quarterback for the Saints. I don't know who the hell the long-term solution is at quarterback. All I know is that defense went to hell once Trancy Gardner-Johnson got hurt against the Falcons. And the defense was playing – they were rallying with Jameis. They were playing good up until week – whatever – what week Jameis got hurt? Week eight? Yeah, week nine they played the Falcons. They they played like they started off kind of mad with Simeon against the Falcons. Gardner-Johnson hurt his foot. On like the third drive of the game, it was score was like nine three or something like that. Yeah, the Falcons scored three straight touchdowns on them right after he got hurt, and that just set the tone for the defense the last three weeks. So I mean, tell I me mean, if it's coincidence how that will happen. I I just want to say, um, Jameis in terms of the Santos, I'm not too sure about that. I mean, we were so they're going to go after out. Russ. They're going after Russ this offseason because Russ is not going to be a Seahawk next year. That is flat out how it is. He is not going to be a Seattle well, Seahawks. Well, uh, well, before I get to that, I think um, if if Jameis like if it does not work out, I mean, yeah, maybe they'll probably he's going Pittsburgh if he doesn't it. stay in New Orleans. I mean, hey, I mean, you know what? I think I think Mike Tomlin would not complain about having Jameis Winston as a quarterback. I think as long as Jameis does not touch a bad franchise like a Browns or. The, the Browns have a civil war going on with their fans. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I, I think Jameis will be all right. I I think the Saints have been taking good care of him. I think I think like when he comes back next year, keep a little tight on his leash, but slowly let let his leash a little bit loose. And he was getting his leash free against the Bucks, and then you know I'm yeah, not going to anymore. Yeah, so all right. So I he was cooking them. I I, I want to talk about the Seahawks now. Um, Seabirds. I'm deeply disappointed that we lost to a Colt McCoy-led team. That's that's what I'm disappointed about. We lost to a Colt McCoy-led team. How we do it? I don't know. Maybe Russell Wilson does not look all right. Maybe he's not okay. And it's that. But Pete Carroll, it's done, his, his, his seat is going to be on fire. And I'll tell you one thing for sure. Either Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson will not be a Seahawk next year. That's all I'm going to say at this point. They, if one of those two will not be wearing Seahawks colors next season. That's all I got to say about that game. Well, we, we're just throwing out the hot take. Well, not even hot takes. We're just being very emotional about our teams right now because they're all dumpster fire. Well, I mean, I, I mean, the Seahawks have potential not to be a dumpster fire, and then they turn themselves into one because yeah, the defense is going to get nothing right until – until recently, and then the offense is still stagnant, and I, w- I want to get on that offensive coordinator a little bit more. But you know, Seahawks has never looked as good as they used to ever since Marshawn Lynch was done. Well, was they was they had they were doing all right when Carson they was playing. Right. He was he was yeah you know, neck I, issue. I mean, the Seahawks the Seahawks had an injury bug too to an extent. 
Not as bad Dude, as like season. Russ. Russ had what missed what three weeks. Carson is the only main guy on the offense who got hurt. Yeah, and then so, so I, mean, without, I mean, without a guy, the Titans and Ravens say, both got and, the injury bug worse. I mean, you know, it's all going to be a mess. That's just how it is. Nothing's going to be in flow, and now Russell Wilson's out of flow. The whole Seahawks offense is out of flow. That's how the yeah. Seattle Seahawks offense. Stephen, you want to chime Wilson. in here, or Steve, I should say. Um. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think having Russell Wilson go out for a critical part of the season um, really just kind of messed things up there. Um, but really, I mean, I don't know. They've, they've got a situation. They, they, they need more talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I know they've got some studs on offense with the wide receivers, but um, they've just been really out of sync, like, like Flash is saying. And um, – I don't know. The other teams that have gotten hit with the injury bug, I mean, I, the team that's probably suffered the worst that just hasn't looked the same since they got hurt was the Titans after Derrick Henry went down. I mean, that's yeah. been probably the most well, significant. Well, they, they, had, they had one super game against the Rams, and then and there was some And then they beat the Saints. Me, so, I mean, that's not saying much anymore. But, uh, I mean... And I then mean, they got they, exposed against the Texans. Sorry. Um, and... What was it? Well, I was just going to say that to me, the Titans are also in probably the most precarious situation too because the Colts are kind of rising quickly behind them. Yeah, they're knocking on the door. Yeah, I know. And, was, um, the Colts' weeks, one game looks really good. Their defense is really good as well. Speaking of which, they, mo- they moved – um, Derrick Henry is going to be trouble. Also, Ace, what I was trying to say earlier is that Seahawks are in actually a bad position too. Like you either have to trade Russ or keep Russ. That's gonna be a hard decision for them because they don't have any first round picks. So that's a decision they have to look forward to as well. If should they keep? Oh my god, <laughs> that background picture. Yeah, right. we, we can't see it because how our pictures are arranged. But it, it 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 we can't see it. But I guess we're getting kicked off. But I mean, before we get on to that, do you guys want to talk about Fire Nagy, the Fire Nagy ch- chance going on? Um. So, so about that, I actually heard um. Okay, so let's let's start off with the story. Story time. Um, Chicago Bulls were playing. Who were they playing the uh, last night? Or the night before? It was last. Night. I forgot. Anyways, they were playing a game. That's not they a good losing. way to start a story. <laughs> they were losing, and then and the Chicago fans were saying, "Fire Matt Nagy, fire Matt Nagy," over and over and over. You mean the Bears, not the Bulls? No, it happened during the Bulls game. Oh, the Bulls game. It happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, it happened Continue. during the Bulls game. So Continue. yeah, that, that was my little story time. A little rumor has came out of the rumor mill saying that um, Mac Nagy is going to be fired after Thursday, after the Thanksgiving game. He said it's not true, but no, no, no guy in his right mind is going to say it's, he's getting fired. It's probably going to happen. He's probably getting it's fired. Probably, he's probably getting fired regardless. So, I think I think Matt Nagy, we will see. He's going to be gone Nagy. after this season. It's just a more matter of when. Yeah. It's more like how uh, Stephen was saying with uh, Dan Mullen when he was last on. It's not a matter of if; it's just more when it's going to happen. The firing. Yeah, there's too much smoke around that situation. I mean, I don't know what Matt Nagy's. I feel bad for Justin, but it's it's gonna happen. I kind of just feel bad for Justin Fields, and they have like so much talent on offense, and their offense looks so inept. It's unbelievable. I think better, better now, right? I mean, Justin Fields only has to suffer one year of a Matt Nagy-led team, you know. If well, you yeah, that's true. As a player, you know, make the move now as opposed to, you know, two or what three happened? years into Fields' career. 
Well, I mean, look at Trubisky. He had John Fox this first year, and then he got Nagy. He had that one Pro Bowl season, and then he just went to the gutters because of how he was running that offense. How Nagy, Nagy tried to run it like a Chiefs offense instead of a Ravens-type offense with Trubisky's strength. And he he kind of right. started with field with that, but yeah. All right, let's get on uh, to the NBA. Uh, not yet. Um, well, oh. we, we, we haven't even talked about our um, our playoff picture yet. So as of right now, in the NFC, number one is the is the Arizona Cardinals, which for for big surprise, a kind of a kind no of injured team that happens, they're in a good position. Followed by the Packers. Well, I mean, with that little disappointing loss to the Vikings, then the Buccaneers at three, Cowboys at four, Rams at five, Vikings at six, and Saints at seven. I think the Saints are going to fall down anyways. Four. 49ers is on the bubble along with the Eagles and the Panthers. All right. Seahawks, they're, they're all the way down at 15th. One spot. Nobody cares about the Seahawks or the Saints anymore. But, and the Saints are still in the playoff picture, which is crazy. Well, they're going to be out of it by the end of this week. All right. All right. So, I think um, Titans are still number one in the AFC. Uh, Kansas yes, City is so, leading the AFC West, I know. Uh, Titans is number one. Titans is at one, Ravens at two, Patriots at three, Chiefs at four, Bengals at five, Chargers at six, Bills at seven, Steelers are on the bubble along with the Colts, and the Browns and the Raiders. So, oh, we know the Raiders yeah. aren't making anywhere. All right, let's get into the NBA. So, so, the, so the Raiders isn't looking well. Um, I just, I the Steelers they, they look kind of dysfunctional as well. I, I'm, I, Steelers I have a bad offense coordinator. Everybody knows it. Colts is going to be in, but which team are they going to take out? Probably the Bills, maybe? No, they're not taking out the Bills. Bills will figure it out. The Bengals aren't going to go anywhere. They'll be they, Their best shot is to take out New England, which everybody's too busy. Uh, I'm not going to even go into what I was going to just say. Never mind. They're too busy with Mac Jones to actually even notice how bad that offense looked against the Falcons. But Man, whatever. You, you know what? Five-yard checkdowns can that, only get you so far. That, that's that, the same last year. That, that Mac Jones hype is starting to get a little bit out of hand, like overrated. So all right, That's I'm pulling the power move. Said. We're moving on. Let's talk about We're the Crip for me now. I didn't see the quarters up. Yeah, it is. It's literally Baby Groot, uh, Michael Jordan, Thanos crossover. You can't see because of the way the pictures are arranged. That is the NBA background. All right, oh, let's talk about I, this Crypto.com arena, man. So Stable Sun is getting so Crypto.com the Crip House. I'm, I'm not even so, no, so no. I guess I guess the Sable oh, Center is going to have a new name. It looks like, as Ace has already said, um, Staples Staples Center has been renamed to Crypto.com Arena. I guess I guess they're going to call it the Crip Walk Arena now because that's what uh Russell Westbrook has called it during a post game interview, and it looks like it's going to carry on very. Quickly. Wait, he actually called that in the interview? Yes, he, he called it the Crip Arena. Oh wow, I I just made that up. <laughs> Russell Westbrook okay. says that in a, in, a, in a post-game interview. So that's kind of hilarious. Any thoughts right. about that? I feel like most of us... The crypt jokes are going to come. And, I mean, those are going to be funny. But, I mean, I mean, is it coincidental that a, a company called Crypto.com literally became the, the naming rights of Staples Center after Russell Westbrook crypt walks in the middle of a game for the Lakers? I mean, that's, that's a coincidence, but it's a kind of, it's a kind of funny one. I mean, it's. I mean, hey, they might call it the crib, but I feel. I still feel like a lot of people are are gonna call the Staples Center as the Staples Center still. As yeah. Time go on. I mean, it's it's gonna be like a while, like how um a lot of people in Tampa, 
or not used to calling Emily Arena, and they were still calling um, Tampa Bay Times Forum for quite some time until like five years later. So, Steven, my... anything on that? Uh, it's just going to be really weird getting used to, you know, that's a big adjustment. Staples Center was kind of an iconic name. Um, that's it's going to take a while to get used to it. I mean, yeah. I mean, Steven, Steven, Steven just looking kind of bored over here. He said he's no, just here man. for the rival week. Which is y'all's jurisdiction. I just I just listen like a, I'm I'm absorbing like a sponge when you guys talk NBA. Mm. Well Flash, right, so, who wants to do this uh scuffle in layman's term? Scuffle, uh, being nice. The, all right, so the <laughs> being scuffle, nice. So that was probably like the first time the NBA has an actual scuffle on that kind of magnitude where there was actual fighting since probably uh that, that, Ro- that, that New York Rondo Rondo Ingram, the Ingram fight, remember oh, with? Oh yeah, I kind of. But Rondo and CP. Yeah, that that was probably the biggest fight that went on since then. I mean, the Miami Heat Nuggets one was more uh, jawing at each other than actual fighting. Nah, that, that, that doesn't even come fight. close. That so. was not a fight. Yeah. Th- this was the first time when there was a, like an actual brawl. They trying to throw hands. Russ was going like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I don't know. I, I think every time Westbrook makes those kind of uh, moves and stuff, I think it, it becomes I mean, a meme. Yeah, it just becomes a meme, regardless. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, as, as serious Westbrook probably was during in that moment, it was probably just a meme. Fortunately, he didn't get fined or anything for for just having his hands up because I thought the NBA would have done something like that, to him, knowing the NBA and how they view Russell Westbrook. Anyways, so yeah, um, so LeBron James and Isaiah Stewart, LeBron accidentally elbowed Isaiah and that wasn't accidental. The man would have looked at him and then went like that. Y'all probably LeBron fan, y'all LeBron stands for coming. Probably, probably lost his surroundings. You don't know. The man got embarrassed that he was getting moved ten feet by a, a second year player. Come on now. I mean, Isaiah Stewart had a lot of blood on him, and he got mad. Isaiah Stewart broke away from the front from security officials three times Ooh. before they before they were able to get him out of the game. So. Whoa! All right, um, can we take a timeout? I just saw this and I didn't realize that I, this actually happened. We're gonna go to baseball for a teeny tiny second. Give me a break here, all right? What the Rays? The Rays? The Rays don't do this often, so I'm making an exception here for the NBA. Breaking news, this came out seven hours ago. I just saw this. I've been in class all day. Wander Franco signed a 12-year, $223 million contract extension with the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. Just wow. All right, let's go back into the NBA now. I just wanted to get that out there. The Rays don't pay anybody, so I'm kind of surprised. They paid that kind of money to a player. So, that's just so to show how good he so, is. So, so back to the NBA with that uh, Detroit Pistons game. I, after both LeBron and um and Isaiah Stewart got ejected, Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis had taken taken over the rest of the game. Russell Westbrook had like 15 fourth quarter points or something like that. They came back from down 12. Yeah, they came One back from down 12. The incident happened. Russell Westbrook alone outscored the Pistons. But I mean, let's and, see, let's... and Anthony Davis had two clutch blocks on the same rookie came cutting him. On the same possession too, so okay. that was pretty impressive. But that entire game, the most funny part about that was before uh, the Isaiah Stewart LeBron James incident. Let's talk about the fact that the Detroit Pistons were up twelve against the Lakers with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. Is anybody going to talk about this and how Anthony Davis had three field goals before Isaiah Stewart got ejected? Hmm. 
uh, Anthony Davis needs to needs to be more assertive of himself. That's that's Anthony Davis' problem. He cannot be pretending he's just shooting the ball only. Giannis You're a better. big, lengthy guy. You're supposed to be in the paint and going up for your layups. That's just how it is, Anthony Davis. Do your job. That's what you get paid to do. All right. You get paid to shoot threes. Mm-hmm. All right. You guys want to talk about these Warriors, man? The Warriors because Andrew a- Andrew Wiggins is having a career year. Nobody's really talking about this because career he's year. taking. Yeah, because he's having less, uh, like he's taking less shots than he's ever had in his career, and he's on even better efficiency with higher stats, which is kind of crazy because they don't even got Clay Thompson back yet. And if you look at this team, it is a lot like the seventy-three and nine Warriors. You just swap Wiggins in for Barnes, and that team looks uh, very similar. I'm not saying it's going to be on the same level as that team. Because Steph and Clay ain't going to be the same players they once were, but Steph is on another level this year. And as far as I'm concerned, he might actually win the MVP again, which is kind of ironic considering KD went to play with him and now is too busy crying about Steph coming into his own house and whooping his butt. We won't get into that too much. So let me ask you guys this. I'm just rambling. How far do you think the Warriors can go when Clay comes back in Christmas? Wow. I think the, the Warriors are going to win the West. At this point, I mean, I know so early season is like mid November, but I think at this point, when Clay Thompson comes back, it looks like they're gonna run the West like how they used to. I mean, I, I mean, we, I probably said this before. As long as they have, um, Steph, Draymond, and Curry, oh, and Thompson, they're they're gonna run the West. That's just how it is. Steven, I know you don't like basketball. Come on, you gotta answer this one. No, I, I think you can go ahead and crown the Warriors champs. Champs? Ooh. Champs! Yep. Actually, the East the East kind of looking kind of sus. I know Miami and Chicago and them boys kind of doing good right now, but that East, I mean, Kyrie ain't coming back for the Nets right now. I don't think he might come back this year. And the Nets, um, yeah, y'all got issues over there with your ashy legs and all that. So, oh, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just in a meme. I mean, mode right now. And then you get the Bucks. I mean, they just steamrolled the Magic after almost, like, they only beat them by, like, 8 or 10 the day before. So, I mean, holy speaking which, I got another rant, if you guys want to hear that one, on, uh, on on this team. This team has a rant, but I'm not going to get into it tonight. I'll get into that save, another day. Save it for next week. Save it for next week. week, I'm saving that. Um, but I do want to say one thing. Um, I, I think the, I think the Los Angeles Lakers need to start looking at firing Frank Vogel. Wow, we got a hot take there. That's not a hot take. A lot of people are, are oh, trying to ask for it. I, I, I Mismanagement for rotations, setting Russell Westbrook up for failure by not firing him up with shooters on the floor. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 they're not, and, they're, and they're not using the, the pick and roll with Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. They're not doing hmm. that. That all right. That, this is why I'm trying to say maybe Frank Fogel needs to go. If the Lakers get embarrassed tonight, it might happen soon. All it's right. A time of how long Genie Bus want to put up with it. All right. Well, so speaking of this, let's get into what the real people, what the people this want. This is what world. we're here for. This, this is, is what, what the people want. This is what, this what Steven's here for. <laughs> this is, All right. This, this is why I decided to come back this week for Thanksgiving because it's rivalry week of college football. But we need to talk about these rankings. Because the college football playoffs committee finally did something right. The Cincinnati Bearcats are finally in the playoffs. 
We did not see no Oklahoma jump up. No Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma's State. never getting in. Oklahoma no, will never get Oklahoma in. Oh, Oklahoma. I might Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma. there's a scenario where they can jump in. Oklahoma no. State has a higher shot of getting in before Oklahoma. Let me rephrase it. The winner of the game this week has a chance to get in. I should say that. Well, if Oklahoma wins, they got to play Oklahoma State again the next week in the Big 12 championship. Well, see, this is why you're here because you do college football you better than us. You beat Oklahoma State twice. You're telling me that Oklahoma can't jump Notre Dame? I think they can. And if Oklahoma State wins, then they play Baylor. Yep. And if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and they beat Baylor, they're jumping Notre Dame. So I, I wouldn't count the Big 12 out yet. The, the big but they got, they don't, it's not just Notre Dame they got to jump. They got to jump Cincinnati, Alabama, and Ohio State. But here's here's okay. Or so one of those. Alabama's gonna get kicked out, or most likely most Alabama's gonna get kicked out. So here's here's how I've, I thought or about Georgia. this for a long time today because I didn't really want to work. Um, so <laughs> I didn't want to go to Georgia. School. If Georgia beats Alabama, okay. So I'm assuming the Georgia and, and Alabama win this weekend, but then UGA beats Georgia, Alabama's out, right? Yeah. Uh, and then Ohio State, if they take care of business against Michigan and whoever the eventual Big Ten champion, uh, Big Ten West champion is, you know, Ohio State's in, right? And that leaves you with Cincinnati and Notre Dame. But can Notre Dame get jumped by one yeah. of the Big 12 teams? I think yeah, they yeah, can. yeah, yeah, yeah. Notre so Dame is already I, done. Is done for. They have no chance of making a college football play. Ooh, I disagree with that hot take, though. <laughs> I, I mean, to shut I down mean, everybody. I mean, as as much as much and a college football committee loves loves um as much as love Notre Dame, they're I don't think they're making a play. I see one path for Notre Dame. I think Dame. the the um I, I think a Big Twelve team has a better chance than. Well, so here's what's gonna have to happen. You're gonna have to have one of the Oklahomas is gonna have to win out, okay? Because in a scenario where Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, but then they lose to Baylor, which could happen, then forget about a Big 12 representative in the playoff. And if Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State this week, but they can't replicate the result the following week, then you can forget about a Big 12 representative in the, in the playoffs. And that is the only scenario that the, the, the not, one of the Oklahomas not winning out, coupled with UGA winning out and Bama getting eliminated – from the equation, that is the one scenario where I think Notre Dame and Cincinnati both get in along with Georgia and Ohio State. So I wouldn't count Notre Dame out just yet because I, I'm not sure that there's a high probability that one or both of those Oklahoma teams can win out. It's tough to beat a team twice in back-to-back -back weeks. And if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, I wouldn't count out Baylor uh, scoring the upset in the championship game. So, so I, I – I, I, I actually just found an article about um. So what happens for the Big Twelve championship? If, if so, so if um if the Sooners win this weekend, the Big Twelve game, the, the Big Twelve title game is going to be the same game essentially. If what happens this weekend. Bedlam twice, yeah. Yes. So, but if Oklahoma if Oklahoma loses and Baylor loses Texas Tech, guess what? It will still be a it will still be a Bedlam rematch. So I don't see Bedlam. Baylor losing to Texas Tech though. No, it's not. It's not happening. But but if Oklahoma loses and Baylor beats Texas, we'll State, get into that later. That's gonna be Oklahoma State and Texas. Oh no, I know Baylor, and that 
So, I mean, we'll see. It's going to be interesting, but here's the thing. No team is going to cannot win a game twice in college football against the same opponent. It's been proven from time to time. So, so Sooners is some it's, it's, it's a tough it's a tall task ahead for the Sooners. They just, they just can't be swapping quarterbacks in the game to see if they can win. Nah, this, I, I as long as they don't do that, they'll be good. I, I would not expect to see Spencer Rattler at all touching the field the rest of this. Unless so if, you're, if you're a Notre Dame fan, you're not out of it yet, but uh, you need some things to happen for sure. Yes, You need to I, win. I, That's what you need to do. You just got to win. I mean, it's going to be hard if Notre Dame wins out and Oklahoma State wins out. It'll be it'll be hard for the committee to justify putting Oklahoma State jumping having Oklahoma State jump Notre Dame for the number 4. I'd Assuming jump you jump them? Yeah. A, a one loss Oklahoma State team with that one loss being uh to was it Iowa State? I um so I'd jump them. You know, I, I think championship games mean something, right? And oh, yeah, that's true. Sure. That is one thing Notre Dame doesn't have. They don't. We 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 know why well, they don't well, have the they, championship they, game. They, they had one last year and they lost. <clears throat> yeah, we know. They they, they kind of. Anytime they play a big, a, a actual team, they get beat bad. And I think you know, given given the Notre Dame's history, I mean, it really shouldn't bear on the. Decision, they shouldn't be getting in all the time. It's kind of annoying because it always gets steamrolled. I, I put in a one-loss Big 12 champion over Notre Dame. Just because oh, yeah. I, I put that, yeah, I put that much would, value on a, on a championship game. It wouldn't matter anyway. Both, both whoever's going to get in most likely is going to get steamrolled by whoever number uh, – against Georgia. Well, anyway. so, yeah. so, 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 <laughs> it doesn't really Notre matter. Dame, Notre Dame has, is going to have an easy win this weekend over Stanford. Unless yeah, Stanford has to show up. Like three games. Stanford hey, beats hey, teams hey, when, hey, they, when they beat yeah, teams. Yeah, Stanford, Stanford is a weird team. That they, Stanford could probably upset – JP saying anybody but Notre Dame. Dame. Hey, whoever gets it, I'm gonna get steamrolled. I mean, I don't want Notre Dame. Notre Dame is gonna be a first round exit. They always are. They always are. They're just never that good to get over the hump. I think. I think though, this Cincinnati. This is the. This is the year we're gonna get a Cincinnati in. I think that's. We're gonna get a non-power five in. Yeah, a non-power five. A non-power five team finally play. Which will be which will be real interesting. I mean, Cincinnati's. They're naming the 2017 UCF team, who I yeah, still think is champions. better than this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, national champions. <laughs> I, all right, but like to be fair though, Cincinnati has been playing like a Power Five team. Let's be honest. I mean, they Except don't have the play. schedule. They, they don't have the schedule, but I mean, they did beat Notre Dame, man. Yeah, but I mean, you can get up for like one game, but to do it week in and week out, that's the thing. Like. It's a grind. Well, we'll see in 2025. Oh, yeah. Sure, they are going to be. Tw- we, we will see in 2020 and four years. When they jumped yeah, to the program, yeah, it's even going to be the same by then, too, when they move to the Big, Big 12. Would they still have the same coach as they have now? That's the real question. But, I mean, I don't, it also, also, Cincinnati also had a kind of tough schedule in the beginning, too. They played some Big 12 teams as well. We'll talk about USF later, JPs. We have a lot of time to talk about this, so we will talk about USF. I I, I know JPs wants me to, wants to hear me talk, and um, you know what? I'm a little bit optimistic about USF. They finally got rid of the defensive coordinator, but we'll talk about that later. So, okay. So then, if we're gonna talk about that later, Stephen, are you ready for your uh therapy session? 
Oh, gotcha. We saw a lot. Okay, yeah. You want? Let's talk about the therapy session. We'll, we'll go. We're we're talking about the rankings for right now. So let's talk about this there. Let's have this therapy before we get back with the for Gators rankings. fans. I'm, I mean, you know what? I'm. It's not a personal thing, right? Like, there's no there's no hate for for Dan Mullen. Um, <laughs> I think tell 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 the world because we're an international podcast. Now. Well, penalty talk is now an international platform because we have listeners in Canada. So okay, you got to tell okay. us, tell us, tell us why you changed your song from when you were on last time, saying how you thought Dan Mullen should get at least a new coaching staff and then see next year. Why do you think you're fine? You're happy that he's gone now. I know there's been uh, the two losses. But because still. I watched the first half of the South Carolina <laughs> game from a hotel in Gainesville. And uh, I only planned on having a single drink. And then after that first half, I ordered a couple more. Because I could not <laughs> stomach to watch any more of that South Carolina game. And, and that's, just, that's just what it boils down to. When I was on the podcast, I think it was right after we, we lost to Georgia or whatever. And, I mean, yeah. Georgia's yeah. the number one team in the country. So you can't be too mad at him for that. Uh, but South Carolina, I mean, no business losing to South Carolina by that margin at all. And that's that's not disrespect to South Carolina, but they're they're still trying to come back from from you know South where they Carolina's were. quarterback is someone from the FCS. Yeah, so, I mean, remember that the, how the, the secondary breakdowns that were happening in that game, uh, just 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 not good. Um, but you know what? I, that was it. The South Carolina game did it for me. And I'll say this: I want to move on from from Dan Mullen now. Uh, best of luck to him in the future. I like the idea of going after Billy Napier, and and that's a hot name with a lot of my Florida fans friends. Um, you know, I personally was on the Lane Train, um, but I've had so many people really, really pushing the Napier thing, and I've read a lot about Napier. Uh, I think it'd be really good. I think it'd be a, a good situation. Um, everything I've read about him is that he's very uh, process oriented. Wow. He's really detailed. Got by South Carolina. Oh, I don't blame you there. And then losing, I mean, and then losing to Missouri just probably capped it all off. No, the best part was when they fired the defensive coordinator and then they gave up fifty something to Sanford. That was the best one. <laughs> yeah, it just it snowballed. It snowballed, and it you know here's the thing, right? Like, it's not just about the wins and losses in any one year. And I want to say this because everybody kind of harps on Florida fans having unrealistic expectations. I'm not going to disagree with that in general, but I will say. That I don't I don't blame Florida for moving in a different direction because it's not just about the wins and losses, it's about the trajectory of the program, right? And when you look at the recruiting, where the recruiting was going, and then you look at the landscape with some of your rivals just absolutely killing it in recruiting. I mean, Kirby was eating Dan Mullen's lunch in recruiting, just picking whoever he wanted. You can't you can't allow that yeah, to be. Yeah, essentially UF was get was probably getting like Georgia's leftovers from in recruiting. Not even uh, we leftovers. Were, we were getting like UCF's leftovers. I mean, I, I just that's just there was a step down in the recruiting. Is all I'll all right. say. You know? let, me, let me ask you this: how 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 much is Florida State going to steamroll this week? Uh, I think it could get ugly, and I say that because it's I don't have a, the interim coaches that are in place um, aren't necessarily regarded as the best position coach. Like Greg Knox is not considered a, a great position coach by Florida fans. Um, although he is one and O as an interim coach. Um, but um, how do you, how do you, how do you 
you know, last game of the season, how do you get a game plan together with everything that's happened? It's a holiday week. It's kind of a weird week anyway. I don't know. Florida State's going to want this. They beat Miami. They can they can go beat Florida and then print their little state champ rings, you know, <laughs> their little Dakota rings. You know, we're, we're you know, a six-win so, state so, so I'll tell you guys this, all right? So so um, so me and um, Jay Peeps, former, former teammate from high school, who actually was a walk-on on the UF – on the UF football program. I'm, I'm just going to throw that right now. He's he, he put out a tweet saying this. We may, we may not have a head coach. We may be in a rough patch. We may be five and six, but the Gators have a fighting spirit, and I cannot wait to watch wait. Jack attacks and our, se- <laughs> and our seniors give FSU another losing season. Wait, are you quoting, uh, what's that guy's name? Danny, Danny Weldon, yes. <laughs> are you quoting? Oh, my yes. God. Now, there is this. Emory Jones is out. Uh, the rumors that he tore his ACL in practice. So uh, oh, they'll finally get Anthony Richardson. We will not see Emory Jones um, playing this weekend. I don't think so. Uh, I, yeah, it'll be maybe Anthony Richardson. Maybe we'll see some Carlos Del Rio. We'll see. Hey, not hey, saying hey, there's still Del Rio's around. Or oh, there's no relation to Jack Del Rio. I hope. No, there's no relation to Jack Del Rio. Um, okay, not saying I just think. That's not going to tip the scale in Florida's favor, I don't think. But you know, just something to watch out. For. I mean, I mean, to be honest, if I'm honestly, I would be a little bit, tad bit more concerned if I'm Anthony Richardson does start. If, if I still, still don't think they're going to beat Florida State. Florida State might. I think they're going to put team wrong. Florida, Florida fans are going to have their little. Yes, they're a basketball school right Rio, now. Another deal, Rio. So yeah, Florida, Florida's got their the Florida fans got their little their basketball school now. And I was about to, I, I was something to say who who Orno, baby. I, I was like, where has this been it's all because, the last know, couple of years? I said, what, the rallying I mean, for Keontae now? Rebuilding too. Uh, a bunch of their, their players also got drafted in the NBA, to be fair. That's, I mean, that's to funny. be fair, Florida State's got the guy who who who, who sent the Los Angeles Clippers to the, the Western Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history. So, I mean, I, I don't know if Florida has anybody like that going for them right now. Um. All right, so... That's Terrence Mann I'm talking about. We got more. Out there uh, who don't know. Let's go back to rival. All yeah, right, so. let's talk about this rival week. Yeah, right, so, um, <laughs> I, I, I just want to say this right now. I, I want to say this right now. Clemson is going to destroy South Carolina this week. After seeing Clemson, after seeing how Clemson played Wake Forest last week, and Wake Forest was number nine, and they made them look stupid. I think. Um, Oh my God. Well, Wake Forest had a backloaded schedule. They shouldn't have been number nine. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I, 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 right. mean, um, oh my God, what's his name? Let, let me ask the question. My, my, my forget forget Wake right Forest now. and Clemson. We need to talk about this, right? What? The- I wanted to get I wanted to get Hendrix on at least one of these two episodes for this week. I don't think JP was going to convince Hendrix to come on for his misery next uh, tomorrow night, but. Do you guys think Harbaugh, you, Jake, Harbaugh dies that. trying? Or whatever just happened in the back. Hmm? I said, I said, do you guys think Harbaugh's going to die trying this week? Or is he going to actually beat him? Die yeah, he said, Ohio he, State. he said that at the beginning of this, yes. this week. Um, this season, he said he was going to either beat Ohio State or die trying. Is he going to die trying? I honestly think he's going to. He's not going to die trying. He's going to be dead before you even hit the doormat. <laughs> Before he even I mean, got in the after, house. After 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 seeing what um Ohio State did to Michigan State last they, week. They they are, you know, they next. kind of bitch slapped Michigan State. 
they 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 Ohio can't get it next. I think I would expect something like that. Ohio State is peaking at the right time to uh, kill Jim Harbaugh. Uh, in con- in the context of his comments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I mean I love Michigan. My dad is a Michigan alum, so I, I I've always kind of pulled for Michigan. Definitely don't like Ohio State, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't see any shot of Ohio State uh, losing that game. So, oh yeah, for for the record, guys. Um, Hendricks says that it's going to take a lot of prayer for Michigan to beat Ohio State. That's his mentality into this game. He said that in our group chat, so I'm going to just throw that right now. All right. Well, we know how that goes. Uh, All right. Oh yeah. So back to Clemson. DJ Wongalele looks like he's stepping up at the right time. I think if they get this version of DJ Wongalele, I think Clemson is going to just next year. Well, no, no. I'm talking about for this week. They're going to steamroll South Carolina. Oh, this week. I thought I thought you were talking about for like, like, like season. Like when I say steamroll, I'm talking like a 49 to probably three score possibly. All right, all right. I'm talking about that kind of score because DJ Wangalele has stepped up a lot. And when I saw him play while I was at work the other day, he looked great. He looked focused. His his throws were on target. He was and he was just running as he should. All right. He looked like what Clemson's fan has always expected out of him. So, all right. Let's get into the fun, the fun part of uh, rival week. U.S. National Alumni President Flash. Is this when USF gets the upset against UCF, or are they going to look like how pathetic they were last week, or are they going to well, show up like they did against Cincinnati? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing for certain. Um, could the defense look any worse than how they did last week after after firing that defensive coordinator? You know what? I'm probably going to say I don't think so. Do I think USF is going to win? Skeptical. It all depends on how the on how that defense does. That's that's all I'm going to say. The offense looks great. I still, I still like the offense. I still like Timmy McLean as the quarterback. I think Timmy McLean is probably a better quarterback than any of UCF's quarterback that they have playing right now. Not named Dylan Gabriel. So. Dylan Gabriel shouldn't come back this year. He's, Save him for next season at this point. So, I, so I mean, like I said, I think USF offense is – they're peaking at the right time. So, I mean, I still I still like the odds against UCF. I'm not going to go out and straight out say they're going to beat UCF, but I don't think it's going – I think USF – this is probably USF's best chance in the last pretty Charlie Strong era after Quentin Flowers left. This is their best chance. That's what I'm going to say. Steve, what do you got? Uh, yeah, it's not going to be good for USF this weekend. <laughs> You're calling a blowout? You're calling, You're calling a, blowout? a UCF blowout. Yeah, I'm going to say like 49-14, something like that. I'm calling Ooh. it right now. That's, just that's just keep in mind, USF has been playing – when they play good teams, they play good. They play up to, up until like the last well, well, like eight I minutes said, of the fourth quarter. Like I said, like USF has had played really well against really good teams. I mean – they, I mean, they, like, hey, they hung in with Cincinnati. Uh, JPs, you always say them on you. Jordan, USA. we know you're biased for UCF. All right, you can pipe a bit. You can pipe down a bit. We know you're <laughs> a little bit biased. I mean, you know that I. It's best, not best of luck to USF. I live in Tampa, so you know I gotta. I don't know. <laughs> JPs, and I, yeah, I if you seriously agree. think it's gonna be a blowout with your backup it's, quarterback, it's, it's gonna be happening. in the bounce house. Uh, it's not gonna be pretty for USF. Oh no, I, I'm still expecting um, UCF Mafia to take over that old stadium and everything. It's going to be ugly, but I mean, hey, USF—they have the talent to do it. The defense is just suspect, though. But how, I mean, how good the is UCF fourth quarter defense? is where we're going to see who wins. 
Because that team. No, it, it, no, no. Disagree. What, the, the first quarter. The, yeah, the first quarter. Yeah, JP happy. His team won. They they said they got their win in nine years. I don't. Hey, but JP, let me ask you this. You can reply in the comments section if you want. So, fam, you finally got their first win against Bethune Cookman in nine years, right? This year. What makes you say that nine year luck ain't gonna happen for USF? Dude, He's going to say it because Bethune Cookman just looks like absolute crap this year and got steamrolled in the first Bethune quarter. Bethune Cookman is 2-9. and nine. Yeah, they're crap. Which is the same record as uh, USF. Yeah, but USF also beat FAMU, so... Well, yeah, I mean, USF, USF has different expectations, dude. Yeah, but USF is just still figuring themselves out. They have, like, a bunch of freshmen on offense and yeah. defense. I, I mean, for a freshman offense-led team, they're they're pretty promising, to be fair. I can't remember that guy, but he's got like the most kick returns in the whole nation. Uh, kick return battle? T- Are you yeah. Battle? Battle. yeah, he has the most kick return TDs in the entire nation. Yeah, he also has USF most kick returns since Terrence Horn crazy game against Georgia Tech. Oh, I remember that game. Uh, and, and keep in mind, Terrence Horn was a very fast man, all right? That man was racing future Olympians and was probably beating some of them. He's NFL level fast. All right. And I'm not exaggerating. Right. Okay, guys. So. Let's get into this one thing. It's not rival week part. Like, it's not in it, but it's more with the head coaches of some of these teams going in it, right? So we have Michigan State against Penn State, right? Well, they have two head coaches who just got the bag for the next decade. You had USF doesn't match UCF. Oh, please, Jordan, stop it. Okay, JP, whatever. We're move, we're already UCF moved on to Michigan hot. State and Penn it, State head coaches. I don't, I don't like UCF's chances like that now, right? I mean, all right. Celebrate a great – and, heck, SMU blew out um, UCF the other week anyway, so calm down. All uh, right, Mel Tucker got a 10-year, $95 million. better than SMU. Who's Mel Tucker's agent? Because I know James Franklin's is Jimmy Sexton. So is this like the Jimmy Sexton uh, retirement uh, bowl this weekend? Because – I have that, guy, that guy can negotiate um, <laughs> to to get James Franklin the deal he just got him. Um, Jimmy Sexton, if I if I'm an athletic director and I got to deal with Jimmy Sexton, I'm just like, oh, here, take my wallet. Uh, I I'm <laughs> you're not gonna want to hear it. Wait, you said Franklin's agent is Jimmy Sexton, right? I think so. Yeah, Mel Tucker's agent is Jimmy Sexton. I mean, it's the Jimmy Sexton. Uh, Kids retirement bowl, whatever. Like you're paying for Jimmy Sexton's. This is generational wealth. The Sexton's are gonna be rich off of Mel Tucker and James Franklin for like a hundred years. For real. You, you, you wanna know what I what I found interesting? Penn State has um signed their head coach for a ten year deal after having a so so season this year. I mean, they were number two in the nation until their starting quarterback got hurt. So I mean, yeah, but at the same time, Penn State was never that good. It's the recruiting class, and then um, I mean, the stability that's kind of come. I mean, remember Penn State a decade ago? There was some dark times up there. <laughs> oh yeah, um, <laughs> to, to say the least. And and you know, Penn State has generally, you know. With the exception of Bill O'Brien kind of being the stopgap after um, the Joe Paterno years. It's Bill I mean, O'Brien, Penn, of course he was. Penn, <laughs> Penn State, you know, values having a long-standing coach. So I'm not surprised I they made that. that too if I was a coach. Let the man finish talk, Flash. No, I was just kidding. I, I, I'm not surprised that they would make that kind of investment in Franklin. Whether it's going to pay off for them or not, I don't know. Um, because at the end of the day, 
Mel Tucker and James Franklin got paid a lot of money. That's a lot of money to be Ryan Day's uh, whipping boys. You know what I mean? Like Ryan Day is just going to like exactly. destroy them, just like he always does. Uh, Terry, Jim Harbaugh as well. That, that, James, that's, what I mean, a, that's what I was about to say. Like, I mean, I don't know if I would give this man a ten million, a ten year contract over just being Ryan's day whipping boy, as Stephen has said. Um, I, I I know Penn State is in a way better position than they were a couple years ago, as we both all of us know. But I mean, I would probably rather give him a five year deal than a ten year deal. All right, but then let me ask you guys: it's not, it's not like, it's we're not talking like about Fisher and Texas A and M, you know? All right, I'm gonna go off what Steven said, where he said that Franklin and uh, um, Tucker are gonna be uh, Ryan Day's whipping boys, right? And I mean, right, Jim is Harbaugh LSU? Too. Throw in Jim Harbaugh in there because he's okay. He is I'll, 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 I'm just gonna take that kind of analogy, right? And I'm gonna take it to the SEC. Is LSU gonna really do that to Lincoln Riley, or do you think if how much? How much? Let me just say, how much is LSU gonna throw at Lincoln Riley to get him to come over to LSU from Oklahoma? I feel like Lincoln Rally is going to probably end up staying now that Oklahoma is going to the SEC. To be honest, the thing is about LSU is like their their commitment to football, I think, is um, unrivaled, and so and there's some inherent advantages to being the head coach at LSU. Like Louisiana is a talent rich state, and you really don't face a ton of competition from like other in state schools there. Not that Oklahoma does either. But, like, Oklahoma's in a position where they have to go into Texas, right? They don't get to recruit as well in their home state. They got to go to the neighboring state, which has way more talent. Louisiana doesn't have to do that. So there are some inherent advantages to being the the Louisiana state head coach. I think long term, if if you came to me and said, do you want the Oklahoma job or you want the Louisiana state job, I'd take the Louisiana state job, especially if they're going to pay me. Now. In if regard, Oklahoma yes. wasn't going to the SEC in a couple of years, I might feel differently because I think it's a better path to get in the national or to get in the playoffs. Um, Sticking in the big uh, from, bowl from Oklahoma, but but since Oklahoma is now moving to the SEC and all things are now being equal or whatever, I I really do think that uh, LSU's got an outside shot. I don't know, you know, I, I really don't know, uh, but they'll they'll throw big money at them because the AD they got is the same guy that paid Jimbo to come to A and M. So he wants to make a splash higher for sure. That's why I don't think you've seen them really like look at Napier. You had, you didn't hear anything about LSU and Napier until Florida and Napier buzz started happening. Have you ever have you guys considered about Pete Carroll maybe? <laughs> what coming hope. back to to college? I mean, at this point, he, he's gonna he might lose his job at Seattle. I I no, I don't see him going back to the college game. I mean, how many NFL guys that w- that actually have won in the NFL? End up going. I want a Super Bowl combat. <laughs> you yeah, <laughs> thank you, JP. Someone smack this kid upside the head. This guy upside the head. That's some nonsense here. He ain't a Bill O'Brien or a uh, what's that guy's name? Um, who was the Falcons offensive coordinator? He went back and he went to I think was uh, are you Alabama. Talking about you, uh, are you talking about no. coach too? Um, no, oh, um, Sarkeesian. Oh, was it Sarkeesian? Uh, did he was he a coordinator for the Falcons? Whoever was a coordinator of the Falcons in the Super Bowl, he got he lost his job or whatever. And he had to go to college. Oh, um, but I'm just saying it's like it's the same thing with Bill O'Brien. They all they all go back to college because they were a crap NFL head coach. 
or even an offensive coordinator or whatever. Pete Carroll won a Super Bowl. He ain't yeah, going back to college. He's like 70, right? Exactly. If he's going to – if he gets fired, he might retire. He won't even go to college. He's not. That's too he's, much a stress. West, he's a West Coast guy. You're not going to see Pete Carroll move to the Southeast. He's yeah, that's just, that's just nonsense there, Flash. Come on. Get, get some head. Get some, get some sense in your head there. You'll see. Maybe like if the, the UC, you know, what, the UC Santa Barbara Banana Slugs or whoever starts a football <laughs> team, you might see them pick up Pete Carroll to, to lead that program. Or Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. One of those smaller Pac-12 schools, maybe. Or Mountain West schools. Yeah, I, but I, I just don't, I just don't see it, and I, I don't really. Um, I think it would be a bad move for any of the big programs to, to seriously. So, if you were an SEC school, who would you? Who, who's your favorite guy to chase? If I'm an SEC school, yeah, who's your guy? Lincoln. Of of the coaches that are out there right now, um, I mean, if if I can't go get like a splash guy, right? Like if I can't steal a Lincoln Riley, um, if I can't steal a um, um, a Ryan Day or whatever of the guys that I think are really available, I really do think that I I, I think Lane Kiffin has a lot of upside. Um, but I, I, the one hesitation I really have about Lane Kiffin is that he's almost like kind of Urban Meyer esque in that the media kind of gets attracted to him like moths to the flame. That and so, like, his every step gets watched. And the minute he tweets the wrong thing or he says the wrong thing or there's some scandal, no matter how big or small, it's gonna, it's gonna like be a pressure cooker if he's at one of the big SEC programs. I mean, all right. Well, well, let me ask you all this, all right? I, I, so I'll we were talking about, about NFL offensive coordinators. You, I, I want to say this one. Okay, if, go. If, you, if you're going to get a guy like Lane Kiffin, you're going to need a really good defensive coordinator because Lane Kiffin is not known for defense at all. Look at F, FAU play and look at um, Ole Miss right now as we speak. They're, they're heavy offensive guy, teams. They're, their I mean, defenses are, are current. Are I, mean, I mean, look at look at the um, – my pick probably for coach of the year this year in the NFL, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, he wasn't that good on defense or whatever in um, Texas Tech, right? He, he wasn't even a good coach per se in Texas Tech, but I mean, he goes to Arizona. He gets himself, um, what's it called? He gets himself, um, forgot the guy's name. It's not Vance Joseph, but he was the former head coach for the uh, Broncos. The last head coach for the Broncos before uh, whatever the guy is now. Big Fangio, I think it is. Anyway, that's not the point. But I was saying, if you get like how Flash was saying with the good head, uh, defensive coordinator, I mean, Link Kiffin might even be a good NFL head coach eventually, it's, just not it's, right it's now. Kinda, it's kind of soon to say that, but I mean, Lane Kiffin does know how to manage offenses really well. I mean, if, if I'm an offensive star and I cannot get into a big SEC school, I would probably go Lane Kiffin. All right. Let me throw one more name out there for you guys before we wrap this up. So, do you think? Um, Jason Garrett's gonna get any offers from college schools, or you think he's gonna find a way to stick around in the NFL? He's done the NFL. He's done. Position coach in the NFL would be my guess. Not a not a coordinator, but a position coach. I don't. He doesn't really strike me as a college guy either. Like he just he doesn't do the recruitment side. Do you think? No. I mean, would you go play for Jason Garrett? No. no. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna get a lot of clapping. Um, I actually have one more question. I know we're we're supposed to wrap up, but. Now that USF doesn't have a defensive coordinator, do they do they try to chase like a uh, 
an ex SEC coordinator or who they try to chase? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the hell USF does. You're the national president, alumni president. You're supposed to know these things. I don't know. I do not know myself. Probably pull up from a small school too and find something dynamic. I, I, I mean, look, look. I mean, USF pulls some guy from a Division two school on on offense, and look, it's paying dividends for for a freshman led offensive team. It's paying very very good dif- dividends, you know. I mean, I mean, I, I, um, and also back to the USF UCF game. I think USF is probably going to put up like thirty points, thirty forty ish. If we know. get the USF that we've been seeing against Houston and um, Cincinnati, that's all I gotta say. All right, guys. So thank you all for coming out for our special edition of the Last Get Podcast. It was, a, I right. think, it was a great episode. Steven has given us some great insight on what to expect. For- the name says Steve. Steve. Even though we all know it's <laughs> Steve. Steve given us still. some great insight of college football and on the college football coaching landscape. I think it was great. I think I want to get back Steven for um probably bowl probably probably for like our bowl episode if if, if he's down for that. I want to do that. Yeah. He, he got he got good college football insights. Yeah, I, 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 I like when he comes on. I want him back for for real bowls, especially New Year's Six bowls and stuff or any big nice matchup. Hey, you guys need to tune into this. JP's going to be breaking down the FAMU Southeast Louisiana breakdown for the FCS playoffs. That's something you guys don't want to miss. Just look right there. He always starts more or less at six. I mean, don't don't ever say he's he's later. He doesn't start the all the time at the same fixed time. You got to do what you got to do for the games. That's how it is. Running guns tomorrow at eight. So stay tuned for that international podcast guys i mean what we're gonna say be a friend tell a friend that's our motto we're gonna keep rolling with it because it's been working so far ain't that right flash we got up we, yes. we've been we've been we've yes, been growing talk has, a, has amassed over 100 subscribers and we hope we keep that trend going up. yeah keep um, doing the be a friend tell a friend that's how we go keep retweeting also, we, share we, the we links. Have some other surprises coming up in this season up in um last gift podcast as well so yeah we're mind. full of surprises for this season too we're going to be calling this episode 2.1, so keep your eyes out for that when 2.1. you get it. 2.1. Last give, episode 2.1. Don't forget. I mean, guys, thank you, North America, because we don't know if we have anybody outside North America watching our shows. But if we do, we will switch it to thank you, Earth. But we we don't know yet. So we're going to just say thank you, Because America. the world can see us anytime they like. That is true. Thank you, Flash. Fix me on that. Well, good night, people. Thank you, guys. Thank you, JP. As we know, Stephen always leaves early. And we're still hanging around. What's going on, guys? After show. After show. After party. What's it called? The fifth quarter?